Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And let's get it going. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah. I just want to be alright with it, yeah. That was about as disappointing as an end as I think you could have uh, could have expected for the Celtics. As much as at the beginning of the year, I realize as we're getting ready for the show, at the beginning of the season, this is right around where... We expected the Celtics to finish at best was the Eastern Conference Finals and then lose, but we thought they were going to lose to the Bucs. And obviously, a lot's changed since now in the beginning of the season. This is a disappointing end, I think, for the Celtics. I I was frustrated with the, the way – I mean, look, how can you not be with the way things transpired late in the game? And, Matt, I think that you have uh, – you're going to have to answer for Marcus Smart a little bit or explain what's going on with him. But, Ty, as somebody who's not – you know, who didn't grow up a Celtics fan or anything like that – how do you feel about with the way things uh, shaped out for them at the end? Um, I think it was – I wouldn't say it was easy to say that you could see them winning game five and then losing game six, but it, was, it wasn't It was surprising that they lost game six. The way they lost it was surprising. Like, they had a six-point lead with nine minutes to go, and then you were down by as many as 15. Like, they just couldn't score, couldn't shoot. They weren't really turning it over, and the Heat made everything. Mm-hmm. So credit the Heat to some extent, but, I mean – in crunch time, the story keeps going on. They were like a minus like 55 or 57, like whatever the number was. But it was a horrible number in crunch time against the Heat this series. That's the storyline to me is whenever the, the league got to double digits for the Celtics, you never felt like it got safe. If the Heat at any point led by 10 or more, you felt like, oh, this is, this is scary for the mm-hmm. Celtics. So it was just it wasn't really surprising to see them lose with the way they lost. So, Matt, I know every game, pretty much every game that the Celtics have lost, you text us and say, I can't watch anymore. I'm turning it off. And you, you, I don't know if you're actually doing that. I know before, before you did the podcast, with, so we started doing this, you would have turned it off, actually. What point in game six did you get to that moment where, like, I, normally I would turn this shit off? Uh, when I went down by nine or something, I just turned it off. Oh, so you actually did turn it off? Yeah. Why would I, get I know the game was over. Every, if you didn't know the game was over, then you don't know basketball. Game was over. You could. That's, they literally took seven threes in seven straight possessions. Yeah, awful. It was. It was honestly. It was embarrassing to watch. It was embarrassing. It, they, they were spiraling out of control at the end, and I, I think Marcus Smart was one of the guys who didn't necessarily help. We talked <clears> about hero ball. Ty's talked about it with him before. And we've seen it all over Twitter. I know Ty's operating the OMF account, and he's throwing out trade trade offers left and right. And I do want to go through a few of those that mathematically line up, Ty. But, Matt, when you look at Marcus Smart and what he did, where you've kind of defended him, and I think in some spots you've been right about it, um, you know, watching this game yesterday, it was a little bit frustrating. Like, how do you explain what he did? Uh, I mean, I don't think you can. I'm, I mean, Ty, Ty has said sometimes you live and die with what Marcus Smart does, and He's not wrong when he says that, but uh, what he did yesterday, I can't defend. I mean, he took 22 shots. There's, there's, I said to you guys yesterday, there's no team in the NBA where he should take 22 shots in a game. There's, there's no place for that. So mm-hmm. I can't defend. I mean, if you want to go back, he's the re- he's one of the main reasons you got to, to the point you're at. But, yeah, I mean, yesterday he was awful, and he hadn't been really that great all series. Um but like I've always said, like it, it's the player, but it's also the coach. I, I and where you like put guys to succeed, and and like I watch the Miami Heat team play, and they all know their roles. I just feel like mm. do, like there's no there's I don't know. Obviously, if you take twenty two shots in a game, you don't think you're a role player, right? No, yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Ty- Marcus Smart is a role player, so there's some disconnect. 
I think Marcus Smart's biggest problem is he confuses starter minutes for starter like responsibilities. Whereas like he is always <clears throat> there's a reason he's so wide open on a lot of these shots, and he does take step back threes, which infuriates me. But he makes them sometimes. Um, but there's a reason he is shooting those 22 shots, which he shouldn't be. But it's because the defense is funneling shots to him. They're taking shots away from Brown and Tatum naturally, and Kemba and and Gordon Hayward before the series in the regular season, they would. But to some extent, you have to kind of say, okay, Marcus, I have no problem with you shooting 10 to 13, 14 good shots, but not the step backs, the early shot clock shots, the transition threes. When Tatum, Brown, and Kemba are all on the court with him, running with him with an advantage on defense, four on threes, pulling up. It's just time and place for the shots. Like, I know Brad Stevens isn't saying nothing to him like I know Matt and I had a discussion about it a few weeks ago I think Brad's doing everything he can and this is who Marcus Smart is so unless Marcus Smart is going to get moved this stuff's going to keep happening I don't think you can you know ra- um, radically change the way you play basketball in terms of shot selection you know overnight so I think the biggest question on Boston Sports Radio today at least on my show was are you going to trade Marcus Smart I think you have to I, I think uh... As much as I like what he can do on the defensive end, he's trying to be a two-way guy. And, yeah, it's great that three-point shooting has improved over the years. Marcus Smart is – like, yeah, he can go and surprisingly win you a game or, or play a huge role in it, but there are too many times where he's tried to do too much. You're, that's just not the player you are. I don't know how he doesn't see that. Like, yeah, you make winning plays, but at some point the winning plays don't matter at all if you're making – if you're taking countless bad shots and it's – like it's been that way with him for years, right? It's the, oh shit, oh shit, no Marcus, no, what are you doing? And then, yeah, sometimes it goes in. But I texted you guys in the middle of game six at one point, right? He made back-to-back threes, I think it was. And then I was like, oh, here comes, he's shooting another one down, next time down the floor, guaranteed. And then I was like, oh, timeout, maybe not. It doesn't fail. Takes up, takes another one, misses it. And I, I get it if you're Kemba. I get it if you're any of the, their top four offensive players, I'm fine with it. Marcus Smart? Once in a blue moon, you can do that, but it's a guaranteed lock that he is going to do that. If he makes one, he's going to take another one next time down the floor. He's going to keep taking it till he misses it. And, you know, I got, I know we got people, you know, on Twitter asking me to take the gloves off. Uh, ask Joshua F Smith 0801, quite the Twitter handle. That's as close as you're going to get with me. Like, I'm, I'm frustrated with him at the end with Smart at the end of it all. And if they moved on from him because of this, because he can't just do what he do his job and do what he's supposed to do and do what he's best at. Then I'm fine with that. Like I know you, I don't think they'll move on to him. I know I've talked to Glenn about this before. I don't think they'll move on from him, but I wouldn't blame him at this point because if Brad, if Brad is telling him what to do, and I would imagine what he's doing is not what Brad's telling him to do, then I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you, you, you continue. Well, then, to keep- I, I think the answer is simple. If that's really what's happening, then you trade him. Like mm-hmm. if he doesn't understand what his role is, then that's it's either his fault or the coach's fault. And the mm-hmm. coach, if the coach doesn't want to deal with that anymore, then it's training. It ties right, and that's who he is. And he thinks he he can be a two way player like that. Then to me, that's crazy. You know, you know what he should have been. You should watch. As much as I hate on him, because I hate him when he was here, because I just thought he thought he was like the man, Jay mm-hmm. Crowder. Jay mm-hmm. Crowder played exactly how Marcus Smart should play. Shoot open threes. But if you notice, once he start missed, he he wasn't really hitting about like game mm-hmm. three on, he was making great cuts to the basket and playing off Jimmy Butler and just getting laps. Why can't Marcus Smart Thank do you. that? Mm-hmm. Why can't Marcus Smart do that? He should take a page out of, of what Jay Crowder was, I thought was excellent in the last few games, just cutting and, and going to the basket, not even driving because he can't drive because mm-hmm. that's why I think he's overrated. Uh, he, he can't drive the basket, but he just played off Jimmy Butler so well. And that's what Marcus Smart could do off Tatum. He doesn't need to spot up, but See, some of that, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to blame Brad, but some of that I just feel like is his system where it's like this live or die sometimes by three. And I'm like, I hate that. I really do. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, that's part of the, the game now in general with an analytics guys. But, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating where they just set, they, sometimes just they settle for it. And it's just, the, the decision-making, all around the decision-making with this team is frustrating. It's not just smart, but he is the absolute mm-hmm. worst when it comes to it, there's no question about it, right, Ty? And the problem with throwing out even just the, the premise of trading Marcus Smart is, oh, well, you don't care about intangibles. You don't care about all the little things he does. You don't care about, you know, an all-NBA or an all-first-team 
uh, defensive player. It's like, no, I understand those things. And that's why Brad trusts him so much because he is a damn good defensive player. He is a good floor general in terms of getting guys to go out there. He is – I can't really say he's a great leader because they do kind of seem like they have leadership issues, but it seems like he's a good leader. The guys do follow what he says. But it's just that damn shot selection, and that's the one thing I don't think he can change. And so when I say I, I'm ready to trade him, I'm not ready to trade him away for nothing. Like there's right. certainly pieces out there that you can get. Like I don't know if Ricky Rubio is an even one-for-one trade. That's one I threw out there. I personally would do that. I would like that trade because I think that this team needs more looks to go, easy looks to go towards Tatum and Brown. And I think Rubio can do that. And he'll turn down open threes all day. He can hit them probably at the same rate Marcus Smart can. But that was just one of the guys that threw out Rubio. Yeah, then some some of the other trades that Ty threw out there too. It's over on the OMF Twitter account. Uh, there was Celtics received John Collins and Dwayne Dedman from the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and you get an extension for Collins after the trade. Hawks received Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and then the Celtics' 14th uh, and 26th overall pick in this year's draft. And then Matt, before you weigh in on any of this. Uh, there's also Celtics get Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers, and the Pacers would get Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, and then the 30th overall pick in this year's draft, which is they're getting from the Bucks. And all of these add up mathematically on the NBA, uh, on the ESPN Twitter trade, I mean, the trade machine, just so everybody knows. But Matt, do you like any of those, or are you, are you passing on all of them? I mean, I just, I'm not a, again, this isn't me talking about pick is I'm like, Ty, I would trade every damn pick you have to get players. I'm just sick of the assets and, oh, look at all the picks we have. Like, get rid of them. I don't care about them. Unless Mm -hmm. it's someone you really like, please trade them. Um, I'm I'm not a huge – I wouldn't like the Collins trade just because I feel like you're giving up too many assets in the sense of players you already have, not picks. You could trade all the picks. I care about the picks. But, like, I wouldn't want to give up smart – and both, uh, you know, Rob Williams and Grant, I just feel like I like Grant and I like Robert. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think you can still develop them. So I I, don't, I I would struggle getting both of them up. I like Collins, but I don't know. I just – I would struggle with that. But the Miles Turner one, it's not It's not that, like, I don't think it's a good trade. I'm just – I've not never been high on Miles Turner. I don't know what it is about him. I know some people are really high on him. I just – from what I've watched, like when I watched him in that Indiana Heat series, I just I thought he sucked, and and he, I think he was on Team USA, right? Am I crazy for that, or was he? No, he was on Team USA. You're right. I, yeah. yeah, he just he just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I just I don't really like his game. I don't know. Just, There's a lot of potential there. He just never like he has the physical skills to do it, but I just don't think he's like put it all together yet. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I I, I, just, I personally like the move because you need a big guy. You need to, I mean, adding another big guy. Now you have him. Now you have Tice. Um, and as much as you're losing Robert Williams and all that, you're getting a guy who's more refined. And for all the, the there's the Celtics are in a, like a position where the, the the thing that's so frustrating about this one, I think, for Celtics fans, I know for me when I look at it is this. Yeah, the Celtics can go and win. They still have time. You know, they're probably not going to win. I would bet they're not going to win it next year. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, yes, they're still young, but. Uh, like this was an opportunity to maybe steal one. Yes, I know the Lakers still have been the heavy favorite in all this, but you have a chance to steal one, or you at least have a chance to get a taste of what it's like to get to the finals. So then years from now, when Tatum and Brown are older, and maybe they're the guys running the league, now it's like, all right, we've been here before. We're not going to get thrown off by getting to this level. Let's get through this shit, and, and we're going to take care of business. But now it's like you, you miss out on this window to a Heat team that, like, no matter what, at the end of it all, like they're not, they weren't the more talented team. I think Matt, you said it, they, they put it best. They knew their roles best. But when you add a they, guy like, they Bob, were, yeah, they were the no, better team, not the talented. They weren't the yes. more talented team. They were the better team because they have mm-hmm. guys that play in their roles. And I know we'll probably end up talking about it, so I'll bring it up now. Like Ty said, Ty brought up the uh, video in our chat about uh, Tatum saying they're not, they don't need to get tougher. Miami Heat were tougher than you throughout the whole series. Yeah, mentally, mentally tougher and physically and tougher because to me, when it was crunch time, when you look at this series in a whole, it really came down to like five or six plays in the the first three losses. So obviously Miami Heat to me are more mentally and physically tough than the Celtics. Yeah, it wasn't until that last that last game tie that, that Celtics lost by a sizable margin. Even when you go back to the Raptors series, it was they were all close losses. They did the the. Big, the big ones they won they cruised they took they, they, but they never got blown out 
until or in any capacity until game six against the Heat. Well, because their on paper talent's damn good. Like the reason I picked them in five over the Heat was basically look at them on paper. Like they have what probably the top three of the five players. Mm-hmm. You know, in any yeah. order you draft, they have three of the five best players in the court. Yes, yes, they I do. Assume. So yeah. on paper, you would think, and Gordon Hayward was coming back, and he played four games in the series, which was I thought they were going to win if they got him for two games in the series. He so, sucked, by the uh, way. Yeah, and Gary Washburn did report that he had some like weird, I don't even know what the medical term was, but he had nerve damage in his ankle to the point where he still had like two plus weeks left of rehab left, and they let him come back this soon. So I don't really know if like if you want to buy that like on the surface, it just sounds a little iffy. Like if he still had two plus weeks rehab left, you shouldn't have played him. Like I don't I don't like Shemi Ojale. I don't really like playing Canner huge minutes or Time Lord huge, huge minutes, but expand your rotation and say Hayward until he's it's, ready. Because like have, you said, man, he gave you nothing at times. I yeah, I, I have I find it like hard to believe like when these reports come out, it's like everything. Oh, this guy was fighting it. Like, I know, he came back. He, he obviously missed the birth of his child. So he was committed to the team, so I didn't want to, like, shit on him because I think, you know, he showed he was committed to the team, coming back from an injury, whatever, leaving his family. My my issue is that, like, I'm just sick. I'm, I'm honestly just sick of people, like, there's always an excuse for him. Like, I'm, I'm a person. I was on the Marcus Smart train when everybody was hating on him. I was riding it. Like, with Gordon Haywood, people, there's always an excuse. There's always – he has never produced for you when it counts. That's my that's my bitch. Whether he's hurt, whether I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. Can't You're depend on, on him. Mm-hmm. You're on the court. You should you should give us like Ty just said. You got to give us something. Not not he gave us nothing at times. If there was times I'd rather have Semi Ojale out there because Gordon Hay was was just as bad as he was. He didn't do anything. So that, that's my problem with with the Gordon Hayward people is that they can never like. It's never. There's never any negative thing. There's always an excuse. I'm sick of the excuses. I I don't care. He was able to get on the court. He's able to dress. So perform. I'm not asking you to score thirty, but make a difference. And he did not. Useless. Yeah. Thirty million dollars, right there. Yeah. He's been. He's been. Um. I mean, there's. Like, I know injuries is nobody's fault in the end of it all, especially with what happened to Hayward at the beginning of his Celtics career. But no matter how you look at it, at the end of it all in terms of what you've gotten out of him, unless somehow the Celtics miraculously win it next year and Hayward plays a significant part in that, he's been a bad investment. He's been like, you know, we talk about when you talk about Boston sports in general, you look at David Price and people want to say that's a bad investment. He helps you win a world series. When you look at Gordon Hayward right now, this was your window. This was your best opportunity. I think in all of it, where you had everybody there, you had a a very talented roster. You have a Miami heat team that nobody expected to be there. No matter how hot they were, you were still the more talented team and you have Hayward back. Look again, the injuries, but, it's just I get I think that we're it's is, would you guys say Hayward has been a bad investment so far? Like you, you label it as a bad investment. I would say if honest, I would just say yes. Obviously, you didn't exp- his injury that he went through was gruesome. I get that, but he's had plenty of time to produce for you. And he has like right. Everybody will bring up oh his regular season, his numbers, his numbers. I don't care about the regular season. I never have produce when it matters the most produce mm-hmm. and he yep. hasn't and that's just facts i mean you can't you can't disagree with me that he has produced when it matters in the playoffs he just hasn't and i would say it's a bad investment because how much money they pay this dude like, like i said if he was if he was willing to to you know opt out of his contract and re-sign with us and take less money i would take it it's not like i don't think i know he's a good player but for third, mm-hmm. what we're paying him, it's like that Wolford thing. It's like that that dude ain't worth that money. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Ty, do you label this a bad investment? Um, I mean, yes, and because of the money, you have so much money invested in him and not a whole lot of production. But I can't fault Danny for making the move when he did because no, when you no, signed right. him, right. He, right? Yeah, when you signed him, he was your second best player behind Kyrie Irving. So mm-hmm. it's like I, you know, I can't really say it was a bad move. You want to know what a really bad investment is? Kemba Walker's contract. Kemba Walker's contract runs what the next four years at thirty-five plus million. I think even peaking one year at forty million. Like we just found out in year one, and we probably should have saw this coming. Small point guards in the playoffs get picked on and abused. Like he was picked on in multiple series, not really in Philly. Philly didn't put up a fight at all, but Toronto, 
and Miami found him on every possession and found a way to switch via ball screen, whether it be just the Celtics being lazy and, and switching, even when there wasn't a screen, which is that that's toughness right there, Jason Tatum. It's not all about physical toughness. It's mental toughness too. Um, so I think the Kemba Walker contract is going to turn out to be a really, really bad one. I know Chris Paul is a small guard who doesn't really win, but like defensively he holds his own. Like Kemba Walker, I just feel like is always going to be the guy that defenses are picking on. It doesn't happen in the regular season because they don't really, um, you know, mismatch hunt like they do in the playoffs. But it was they were going after him all throughout the seven games against Toronto and in this Miami series too. So I'm worried about the Kemba contract. So the Kemba contract, just so everybody knows, I'm looking at spot track right here. They uh, Kemba is signed through 2022-23, which is a player option year for him. Uh, he makes 34.4 next year, 36 in 21-22. And then in his final year, if he opts in, he gets uh, 37.65. So, yeah, he's he's going to cost – he's costing you a pretty penny in all of this. I didn't think about like that, Ty, like him being a bad investment. But with his, again, if we're factoring in knee stuff or, or health issues, yeah. you know, if his I, if his knee continues to be a problem, I would say. I mean, I I would I'd have a hard time calling a bad investment right now because I think it it goes off the overreaction piece. I mean, mm-hmm. he did not. Ty is spot on of what happened to him in the playoffs. I just I would give it one more year, and then yes, then I would yeah, then I would probably be able to make a call on if it's a bad investment i the problem is at the time when danny did it it almost was like a move you do because you lost Kyrie, and it's like the supplement to make it seem like you know yeah we have something else like mm-hmm. i love kemba as a player like i just love i think he's a good dude you know a good leader like a yep. guy you'd want to play with you know everything about him i like about him oh, obviously man. the money is the, is crazy i think the money's crazy but um I just have a hard time saying it's a bad investment until you at least give it one more year. You know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said Gorham's a bad investment after the first year, even though he got hurt. I so would see let it let it play out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it is it is making me nervous, and I also think that's you know, people were were coming at me on Twitter when I said that thing about Danny Ainge, but it's 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 the truth. Like, and, and it's funny when you say something like that, everybody goes well. Everybody, there's so many teams in the league that would want Danny Ainge. First off, I didn't say Danny Ainge is a bad GM. I just think it's funny how he gets little to no blame at all for his 18 years when we've won one title in 18 years. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me he's so the best those- GM in the league if we have one win because don't I don't I, you know it's like oh well the Phoenix Suns would sign him. Well no shit they're the Phoenix Suns. We're the Boston Celtics. We're supposed to be this franchise, you know, this storied franchise, always talking about Banner 18. Well, well go win it. Go win mm-hmm. it. What, do you, what, do you, what is this like? Oh, well. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa. The Celtics, they're else. young, Matt. The Celtics are young. They're young, and we're, we're having fun, and it's a cute little team. Yeah, no, so bro. They're, they're young. They're saying, 22 and 23. They are young, though. I'm so fed up of hearing that, though. Like, that's, I'm, I'm making fun. I'm being you know sarcastic why? when I say no, that. No, I know you are. I know you are. And and I'm glad you are because that's the truth. Because people, people for some reason in, in the city of Boston, right, if this was – if this was, um, why do you think Bill Belichick – Bill Belichick gets crap. The dude's won six times. And then everybody blasts about how he's not a good GM. Like, you know, he doesn't make good picks. The dude has earned the right to do whatever the hell he wants. The guy won six championships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Danny Ainge mm-hmm. gets a pass, and the dude, the dude makes horrible picks. You know, he's made some good moves, obviously, because he is a good GM. But, but just, I, I honestly just don't. I, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's like this loser mentality. It's like, I, I guess the older generation got to live with Larry Bird. I didn't, so I've only seen one championship since I've been alive. So in two final appearances since I've been alive. So I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just sick of hearing all that the praise. It's like, all right, well, when is he gonna get some some heat? Because I'm sorry, like the Kyrie team he screwed up on, this team he screwed up on, he left it, he left the team with no bench. Like the bench is disgusting. Like that's what I'm saying. At, at what point do, do does he get some blame in all this? 
Yeah, keeping Rozier past the deadline last year was, I think, one of the biggest flaws with that and last Morris, year. Kyrie. And Morris. They should have gotten his ass too. Yeah. But uh, the, the tweet that Matt's referring to for those who are on Twitter, um, so he sent this out after the game. 18, and this is after Fennis Dembo um, asked us, you know, when is Danny going to get some blame? Uh, Ty, 18 years for Danny, one championship in 18 years, last win 12 years ago, last finals appearance 10 years ago. Ellipses, very well done, Matt. And he praised he's praised as one of the best GMs in the league. Ty, why does he always avoid blame? Why does he always avoid blame? Is because I think the Celtics for so long had such a bad and dark period of basketball, like in the nineties, but they were not good. The Celtics basketball franchise is the Indiana Hoosiers of college basketball. Like they are holding on to the glory <laughs> years so much. I mean, like I, I worked for Indiana hoops and like, I, I hate Indiana basketball fans because they're doing that. Like they have not won in 30, 35 years now. And the Celtics have won obviously twice since then. Mm. Um, but they hold on to those years and say, Oh, well, Danny won us in 08. It's like, well, if you didn't win a title with Paul Pierce, Rondo, Ray Allen and KG, then like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like you, you probably shouldn't be running a franchise. Like he obviously pulled the strings to make, those pieces come here and, you know, got the Brooklyn Nets to give him an all-time bad trade. But um, Danny gets a pass more so than I think anyone else. Like, I think Don Sweeney, I think Bill Belichick, and I think even to some extent, Heim Bloom is getting too much um, criticism this year in year one. Like, Heim Bloom had nothing to do with it. Like you said, Bill Belichick's won six. And Don Sweeney is kind of like, I guess, age in terms of the fact that they're always getting there or getting close and they don't win it. Mm. But, he, but he's won one, though, hasn't he? Uh, so it's like he's I think it was in the organization, but either way, he like he inherited the team and they got there. The problem with that is Rask because he is so soft. I mean, you, we don't need to yeah. watch hockey. Yeah, I know man yeah. how he feels it's about just, Rask. Uh, he is he is definitely getting a pass though. He is getting shit. a pass though. <laughs> I but but that but that's but that's that's the issue with that I have. It's not that I don't think he's a uh, like a good GM. He, he's made some great moves. He and you know it, it could have been easy for us to. You know, how fast he rebuilt from the, the big three to this. Like, you know, we're not the Sixers. I get it. We're not other franchises. But that's exactly my point. I don't think about us as the Suns or the or these crappy organizations that are out there. Look at Ty's Bulls. Same thing. Hmm. Like, I, I get it. I'm not, like, complaining that I don't want Danny Ainge anymore as a GM. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out the obvious is that it's almost like we've gotten to this, like, happy green team or stuff where it's like oh yeah you know i'm so happy for our team we're young blah at the end of the day hey bro like as a fan i just i want him in i, mm-hmm. I don't want any excuses about oh he's only 23 he's only i don't care you're right there you're on the doorstep kick it down mm-hmm. yep like, I, that's what i'm saying like I, that that bothers me it's like that's like a loser's mentality Right. This is like, this, oh yeah. Well, you know, we go with time. Blah, blah, blah. It's like nah. Like, I'm I'm about in living in the moment, playing in the moment. So that's just that's just my mentality. And obviously, there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. The, look, when it comes to the my, the, rant, my the, rant's over. Yeah, it's okay. The, you, you glitched on me a little bit there. Sorry. The 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 whole youth narrative and how young that the, there's two superstars are. Yes, that's like yeah, of course. That's there, and I don't think anybody ignores it. But when you have an opportunity right in front of you, you need to take advantage of it. And as much as the Heat were a good or a good yeah. team, a very well coached team, they like they they're still very beatable. You're still more talented than them. And all the time, we always hear, especially when like Glenn says it on, like he's been saying it all this year. The more talented team is always going to win. And we all know that. That's how the NBA works. That's the, that's the one thing that's kind of sometimes the pitfall of it is the t- more talented team is always going to win. You had the more talented team. You, you, you didn't win. I mean, I don't know how you're not disappointed at the end of it all. The one of the, one of the good things that I think has come out of this entire experience is Jalen Brown. And is, you know, he had some ups and downs throughout the postseason, but he never, I never felt like he gave up. There are moments where with Tatum, I was like, like he's still a better player, like in terms of skill, but there are moments like, what is going on? He has these like these peaks and valleys with him, a little unsettling. Ty, you've been a Jalen guy um, through and through. When Matt texted the group and said, uh, our, our chat and said that he is now a Jalen guy, 
that must have felt nice and warm. You must have felt nice and warm from that. Well, to be fair, in, in all honesty, I did flip to being a Tatum guy, so to say, uh, <laughs> what, a few months ago, once he became – once he started going off in like January, even especially February, it was hard not to say, okay, you know, Tatum is the guy to build around. But these playoffs, man, were were so up and down for Tatum. It's kind of concerning because like he is young and everyone says, oh, they're only 23 and 22 years old for Brown and Tatum. But they're playoff experienced guys. Like these these guys have been in multiple Eastern Conference finals now, you know, Tatum has and, um, and, and played very well when he's had been in the spotlight. But like, He's just not been consistent enough to your liking to be a number one. Like he's probably a really good number two at this point. He needs to be more consistent to become, you know, a guy that can take you to the NBA finals and be that true superstar. Like right now he is a third all NBA player. I don't know if he can become a, a number two or number a first team all NBA player. I, he, he lacks a killer instinct to me, which is weird for a guy who idolizes Kobe Bryant work with him and, and it has the ability and the gifts that he has. It's just weird how at some point, especially in the first quarter of this series, in the first halves of this series against the Heat, mm-hmm. he was horrible. And he turned it down the second half in multiple games to like come out with a decent stat line. But if you've been struggling in the first quarter in one game, how do you let that become two, three, four? Let that become a trend if you're a superstar, especially like that was very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that, that we've said it for I think this has been a thing for a while with Tatum is that killer instinct. If Jalen Jalen Brown seems to have it more than Tatum does, and that's you know if you com, if you kind of mesh them together as one player, you'd get the ideal guy. You'd have a top five player in the league or whatever. But Matt, what is it that now has is is it that how Brown has that killer instinct? Why are you now a Jalen guy over a Tatum guy? I like his poise. I like his aggressiveness i like the way he attacks the basket i just like the way he plays the game the, the thing that pisses me off about tatum is kind of like you guys are talking about like he idolizes kobe but dog he does not play like kobe nope and that bothers me so and i think that's why i like tatum at the first because i thought that's what the play you know and he still could turn into it but like when you think about what everything kobe did and how he attacked the basket like I really, I I cringe when I watch Tatum go to the rim, with the floaters and stuff. Like I just don't like that. I love the way Brown goes to the basket. I love that stuff. I can watch it all day. Brown Brown's going to the basket to yam on you. Like Tatum's and, going and, for a floater. And I thoroughly like get really excited when he goes to the rim because he just he's a he's a beast. I don't know. I I just think like I. Like it's hard because I there's times where Tatum plays and I'm like man like this dude this like Ty said. When he was killing that one stretch, like that's shows you what he could be. I guess he just needs to be more consistent. There's some other things like I, I hate how he complains to the refs. I understand everybody does in the NBA. I just I just don't like it. It's it's the Kyle Lowry thing. I just don't. I really just don't enjoy players that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just play the play the goddamn game. Uh, but I, I think the scary thing is like when you look at it, like how we're how the Celtics with Jalen and, and Tatum is. I think Brown. Is like shown that he can be, he could be a Robin, but I don't know if Tatum can be Batman. Mm, exactly, it's a problem. I don't know. It's it's it, there's times where you're like yes, and then there's times I'm like, I don't know. And again, 23, 22, you throw the ages at me all you want. That's fine. I don't care. I'm just saying they've been in the league in big moments. I've seen some things that I like with Tatum, and I see some things where I'm like, oh oh boy, that's scary. Like. The whole Devin – I still haven't really gone over the Devin Booker and the Suns thing. Like, that might be who he wants to be like. You know, be like Devin Booker, put up some points, don't make the playoffs. Because I hate to tell you, there's a lot of kids out there today, college, high school. Yo, they, they'd love to score 35 points in a loss. They'd love yep. that. They they wouldn't care. I said that wouldn't – I asked this high school kid. I don't want to embarrass him. I asked him that. And he's like, well, you know, I play pretty well. I was like, but you lost. The hell, what do those 35 points mean now? You know what I'm saying? Like that, but that's the mentality of a lot of these younger players, I think, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Like that one, fantasy points, whatever, you know? It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, yeah, it's not about that, man. It's about winning. I could give a rat's ass how many points you score in a loss. It ain't about that. It's about how you win the game. Mm-hmm. And the, everyone wants that, to make the Instagram highlights. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what concerns me. I'm not saying. 
Tatum, like, I know for sure Tatum's like that. But that's that did stick out to me in my mind when he talked about how he really wanted to go play for the Suns. He liked it in Phoenix. He didn't want to go travel for the Celtics. So that kind of irked me. I, I mean, again, that was he was talking about himself when he was 18, 19. But I don't know. I I, I want to see more of him. I want to see more of a killer instinct because I've seen it in Jalen. Mm-hmm. A Look, lot. Okay, let me ask you this, man. So with with Tatum, I hear the Paul Pierce comps sometimes, and in, in like their the moves and in, in different things. I know with Paul with Paul Pierce early on in his career, there was a lot of frustration with him. Do you think with the way? Tatum is kind of trending that we're going to look back like by the end of his career, we're going to see a guy who's like Pierce who somehow falls in love with the city, but all around, you know, he really, he only wins that one title. He needed that extra help. Do you think that like the way things are going, I like Pierce, don't get me wrong. And he's a true Celtic and everything, but there were some rough years. There's some years of some serious frustration with him. No. Well, I mean, I've always said this Pierce doesn't win a title without KG. KG was the man on that team. That's, that's, that's a fact. But, Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. big ticket. I don't think – I think from what I've seen Tatum capable of doing, he should be that guy. He should Tatum be better. Should yeah, be he should be the one. T- mm-hmm. Tatum should – I'm not jumping off ship with Tatum. I'm just saying there's things I've seen that, that are concerning mm-hmm. I, that I didn't like. That I, but I was very pleased with Jalen Brown and everything that you and Ty – because you and Ty have been kind of Brown guys, so – I mean, I I wouldn't sit here and say Jalen Brown's gonna be a better player than Jason Tatum. I still believe Tatum's no. gonna be better. No, yeah, no, I, I can't even say that. No, but no, I think J, what I've seen from Jalen Brown has made me very excited because that guy, Jalen Brown, is like is like when I say Scottie Pippen, I don't say he's the same player as Scottie Pippen, but he is that he's Scottie Pippen to a Michael Jordan once because I think he is gonna be that good of a number two. Like, well, I the guy who- everything that he does in his game complements. A number one. Mm-hmm. Who's that number one? I hope it's Tatum, but still a white ways to go. Mm-hmm. Well, Ty, when we were talking beforehand, like Butler is the guy that Jalen Brown's been comp to, and obviously you've seen Butler with yep. him a lot when he was with Chicago and everything, and see, we see where he's at now, and it's, he's done great. And he's more of like a 1B a, a kind of player, I would say. Um, but I think that Brown will live up to the, to the Butler comp. I don't know about you. I, I like that a lot. I was actually thinking that before he even said it, and I haven't really heard it too often about the Butler, um, Jalen Brown thing. But I think the mentality, the comparison fits. Like they're both dogs and mm. looking to literally kill you on the court. Like the, he's super athletic. Where Jimmy's not really great is like shooting outside. Jalen, that corner three, it doesn't matter if a guy's like in his grill or not. He raises up and he'll fire and hit that. Like that corner three for him. When he's not slumping, like he can hit it consistently 40, 42%, 45%. Like he's a damn good corner three point shooter. The next step for him, though, is like I don't really see him involved too much in the pick and roll, like as the ball handle or up top of the top of the key. Like he gets it sometimes, but like he, for him to become the true number two for this team and overtake Kemba, like he's got to become a better like ball handler, especially Tatum, too. Tatum's also got to improve his ball handling. Both those guys do. But like I, I think that Jalen can keep getting better in terms of the ball handling and becoming more of the facilitator and finding guys when the defense is kind of you know catered to him as opposed to Kemba and Tatum with him spotting up in the corner. So mm-hmm. I love I loved what I saw from Jalen Brown in this Heat series. I think this guy is the limit with him. Whether he can be ever better than than Jason Tatum, who has I think more gifts than Brown does, like skill wise. Mm-hmm. Um, remains to be um, be seen, but I love what I saw from Jalen Brown. I think when we look at this season, as much as you know, eighteen nineteen was obviously a frustrating season, and for Brown and Tatum especially, where it was, I mean, you want to say step back or whatever. Obviously, they both took a step forward this year, but where when you look at eighteen nineteen and how those two bounce back, I think they both bounce back well. They both took a step forward. Um, you know, in their third and fourth year. But I think the most growth, I don't think, we've been saying it all year long, the most growth of any Celtics player this year was from Jalen Brown, where he's turned into this guy who is a, he could have easily been an all-star, you know, this season. And I I don't think that's up for debate. I think that's just a fact that Jalen Brown developed better than anybody else this year on the Celtics. Well, I think Tatum is probably like as close, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean I, it's Tatum took a huge jump, but I yeah, think but, like 
Brown went from like a role guy to like a legit star. Whereas That's Tatum was probably a star before and has now taken a good leap. Like, so yeah, I would agree with you. I think Brown's probably taking the biggest leap over over anybody. I mm-hmm. I think Tatum. The next step for Tatum is that he needs to. He like like some of the times in this Heat series, he was not existing in the first half. You have to. I think like you know because Jimmy Butler doing that for the Heat. But I think the true superstars, they establish themselves early, then get teammates involved, and then take over the game in the fourth. That's my opinion. You have to establish a rhythm, right? You have to establish a rhythm as a, as, as a score. Then you get your teammates involved. And he's shown that he can pass. He did in the last couple games. He, he, he was throwing good passes, which I've said that I didn't – that was his next step, that he has to be a playmaker too. But he's also got to be more aggressive in the sense, and be more physical – like I think you know he's he he he's been putting on weight. You can tell that he's gotten bigger into this year. But like there was times that he you know he's taking fadeaways against Tyler Hero. I'm sorry if I was in Jason Tatum's body, I would literally dunk on him every single time I could. I would put him mm-hmm. in the rim. But he he See, doesn't yeah. do that, and he, he kind of plays finesse. Like if you want to be mom, you want to be the black mom. If that was your mentality, go watch when he was number eight, when he was your age. When you could do that. Go watch how many posters he put. Yeah, go. I mean, I know that's not Tatum. He's not springy like that. But you're you're six eight and you're long, bro. Like, go go put it on someone when you go that. Stop with that floater stuff. Stop that's the that. one of the things that I, I in the, I, one of the things I've been hesitant to be critical of when and it's not just with Tatum. It's just it's it, Tice sometimes and then Robert Williams too, where he's taking some layups. And look, Robert Williams was uh, the, the strides that he took in this series were huge. We haven't seen a whole lot from him obviously this year with the injuries and everything. So he showed promise. But with some of these guys around the rim, how tentative that they can be with their shots, with their, you know, throwing down or whatever, to hear you spring it up time and again, Matt, just tells me, like, look, like, look none of us are throwing down out there, well, although Matt can still throw down. Um, it's just like those guys should be doing it more frequently than they do and be more forceful. But it's just I, when you talk about not being tough, to me, that's a fact. That's a part of it all. They just, they, when they're going, when they're attacking the rim, it's just like, are they really it's- attacking it? It's it's mentality. It's a, I mean, you go up in a point in the game and trying to put it on someone like Jalen Brown does, make a miss. You're setting a tone. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. going at the rim like this. Why do you think LeBron's been as good as he has his whole I mean, when he wants to be, because he pisses me off too, because he doesn't always do it. But like if you set that mentality, like, yo, I'm going to the basket and you gotta get the hell out of the way. Like that, that sets a tone, and I, I think that's what T- Tatum needs to do. Like, I think that's his next step as a scorer. And be, trying to be a, a superstar number one player, you got to set the tone. You have to let that. You got to let the guys know that you're playing against. Like this is how it's going to be all night. I ain't going to settle for for uh, step back threes and like you could do that in points of the game, but like establish, especially when you you're struggling from shooting. That's why I don't mm-hmm. understand with some of these dudes. Yeah, yeah. That's why yep. I was pissed about Marcus Smart. Yo, be like Jay Crowder. Get easy layups. That gets you going in the game. Yep. Yeah. No one was doing that. Like everyone would kind of have their struggles and still try and shoot their way out of it, which that's the, that's the wrong way to do it. Um, one last yeah. thing about Tatum, like he idolizes Kobe. Obviously, we brought that up before, but I would love to see him with a back to basket game. Like he, a lot of times, will get guys to switch on him, you know, and get a, a smaller guy on, on him. How about like taking your ass down to the block and having a back to the basket game against a smaller Kyle Lowry or. Or Tyler like Heroes Jim- on him. Yeah, like Jimmy Butler has. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, right when you said that, you, you're spot on. Because Jimmy Butler started doing that to little guys. And he, he faced up and he had some really good moves. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Don't. And then when you get those guys on you, don't fade away. Uh, you yep. need to fade away against those dudes. Yeah. There's yeah. Too many, Rise there's, up over them. Easy. Yeah, there. I mean, I there was – I forget what game it was, Ty, where you said that it was in the, the – we were – they went the double overtime game where Tatum goes and, and he take he settles for that pull up three and and we're you and I are watching it together and you're like oh he doesn't have a move to get by a guy and then we see it later where he does and then frig- and then bam stuffs him. It, what like, to me it's just that with him there's too much hesitation too much apprehension. You say it's like so, like you don't need to get tougher. To me when I look at who needs to be tougher on this team, I mean. <laughs> Tatum might be the first guy. I mean, Gordon Hayward's right there too. Kemba's doing his best, but Tatum's like, where you got to take that step forward. And maybe adding that to his game would be uh, helpful. Um, we got no, somebody- mental. Mentally, he is weak. 
Uh, so I'm just looking at the chat from uh, Julie V03. Time to talk Knicks. No, it's All right, let's talk about Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle, do you trade him? Who cares? They, they still are they drafting LaMelo Ball? I would love to see LeVar in New York. That would be great. You know what they're going to do? They're going to trade for Victor Oladipo, who's going to shoot like 30% for his Knicks career. He's going to be awful <laughs> once he goes there. That would be so sad if they did that. To see him go there. They're but, gonna they're gonna give him yeah, they're gonna give him four years, hundred million bucks, and then sign and trade yo, or something. I don't even know, whatever. I know we so, I know we were gonna talk about the Doc River stuff, but I mm. went down a I, I went down a tunnel because I saw what Jim Murray post on Twitter about do you know about Doc Rivers' daughter and Paul George? Am I the only one that didn't know about that stuff? Yeah, it quietly came out like last month. It no not many people were talking crazy. about it, but now it now it makes a lot of sense. That was Wait. nuts. Oh, I did not see this. Oh, yeah. When you got some time, Nick, why don't you type that in? They had a thing, apparently. Paul George was dating they were, his they were daughter dating. and then, yeah. and then, and oh. then cheated on then cheated on her with the stripper in Miami and, and had a kid with the stripper. Okay, but, and this is all allegedly, of course. But I, look, I, I no, look, they're not all allegedly. No, it's like, true. That actually all happened. It's true? Okay, yeah. all right. There you go. Well, I Supposedly, will say – and sorry, supposedly that's why Seth Curry had was talking a lot of smack during that Clippers Mavericks game because Seth Curry is now married to Doc Rivers' um, daughter, which uh, I said I went down, same went down a tunnel. Yeah, oh, same daughter. Oh, jeez. Okay. Callie Rivers. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, I, I will say I've heard stories about Paul George from his – Indiana days. I mean, there's like the there's the rumor that everybody else like talks about with Paul George. I don't know the the facts behind that, but I've heard other stories that haven't necessarily been out there. So, well, okay, you can't just say that, and not allegedly say what's going on. I, I can't. No, I mean it's just, it's a long it's long it's long, long. I will tell you guys off air. It's stuff that I was told in confidence that it's it's involves somebody that I know. I'm not like I'm not getting into that on the air. As so, as like a reason to what like the reason why he's not playing there I anymore. Just, like, or? That's, you know, it's just stuff like Paul George off the court is you know what, pussy. What he does, bro. I was just gonna say, nah, like this stuff is. Scummy. Oh wait, is, is it is it not pussy? Is that what you're going at? You're I'm just, at? I'm just saying, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's fine. No, okay, I, thought, I thought you were into like he's gay or something. No, that's not what I was saying the at Dwight all. Dwight Howard. Yes, no, that's, that's not what I was saying at all. Now we've completely. Oh, gone. hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking of Dwight Howard, did you hear Perk last night in the post game show? I did not. Oh boy. Perk wanted Danny Ainge to sign Dwight Howard last year when he was still on the market, and obviously he went to L.A. for, like, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Basically, you would have gotten him for Ennis Canner's contract, um, mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. Danny didn't do it, of course. He's going to be a free agent, I believe, this year. Um, no. And Perk, no. Perk wants Dwight Howard to come to the Celtics because he said, quote, he would have neutralized Bam Adebayo. He would have neutralized no. him. The, pro- the problem with that, Ty, is it's just – and, again, I'll take my hatred out of – out of this, it's it, he wouldn't fit Brad's system or whatever. I, I don't think. No, right? you could never switch with him. No, absolutely not. <sighs> Perk. Um, real quick, does we're touched? Is it before we? Uh, I'm all over the place you, here. Did, did you see that Jeff Van Gundy would be one of the guys that might be get hired by the Clippers? Jeff yeah, Van that could be around in the net stuff, so it would make sense that he's going to get thrown around in the Clipper stuff. You know, you want him. Contending team. If one contending team is looking at him, that means everybody is. I wonder where Lou ends up falling in all this too. I bet. I bet Lou takes over that job. Yeah, that would make the most sense if they like him, continuity and all that. But I'll tell you what: when the, the Doc Rivers news dropped, it was. I mean, obviously, it's a shocker. How about- they've been perpetually like they've perpetually underperformed in LA because you go back to the Chris Paul days and everything, where it's you know best you know point guard and all this stuff. Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan at the peak of Lob City. I mean, how? What does Doc Rivers' legacy look like, guys? Yeah, you know, we we'll look back on him in 15 years when his, if his career is done. I, then I think, as like a legacy standpoint, I would just say like really good uh, player coach um, relates to players, but like as an X and O guy and overall, like I don't know, I don't know, like how he builds like really a culture. I guess per se, I mean. I mean, Spolstra cemented himself. Like I know that, but yes, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how what his legacy. Really, I mean, one chip, but it, I mean, he really just managed egos and team. That's why I said he's a good players coach. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't, it, but, just, hey, isn't it fair to call him? An, isn't it fair to call him an underachiever? Um. Yeah, I think it's fair. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, especially with the Clippers. I don't. I don't know about Bo- I don't know about Boston or Orlando. Uh, well, LeBron was kind of in the way for for a couple of those years, and then you had the really no, good Kobe no, no, no. Laker teams. I'm talking. I'm talking about the. I, I really mean the three. I mean, I know KG got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you had. A, I thought you had a solid three year window to win more than one. I mean, they lost yep, the Lakers in seven. Yep, they should have won that second. But I also stand by that, that game six was bullshit. But they still oh, could have won game. Welcome, welcome to the NBA. Yes. Well, that's why I thought they were going to win Game Six too, and all this, like the Celtics. I just figured they, uh, they, they have the, all the chance in the world. The, ref, the refs can't fix it when you're just jacking threes. Oh, they, exactly. Uh, ending was just you well, got to go to the rim. Seriously, it was a train wreck. We're watching. It was. I was like, this has been the a good game. Week. They've been fighting for the most part as much as they've been. Like, they're not playing as well as they could. They're still in it, and then it's just the wheels completely freaking fell off. The, the last thing I'll say about Brad is that uh, the people that want him fired. You guys are dumb. Well, he's just, he's well, not going to get fired. They just extended him, guys. I mean, they're not. You, I would not fire him. I think he needs to get better. I think he needs to continue to improve as a coach, as more of like a leader type. Uh, I would say. I, I, I just doesn't seem like you know. He's obviously really smart, X's and O's, and all that. But he he definitely has to instill some of that Eric Spolster culture and you know kind of leader stuff. I I, I believe that. I think the thing with Spolstra is where he worked with LeBron and he didn't things didn't end poorly with him and LeBron. And as far as we know, that probably helped him with his like, um, you know, the weight that he carries with everything that he says. Whereas Brad had the whole Kyrie stuff. As much as Kyrie is Kyrie, the play, there are plenty of players in the league who still respect Kyrie in some way, shape, or form. I, I don't. It's going to be tough for Brad to get to that Spolstra type level. I just wonder if if you know we talk about making moves at the beginning of all this. If moving smart, if there's like one move that they need to make, maybe it's Gordon Hayward because that's also Brad's guy too. Moving one of those two guys, does that then change his relationship with Tatum and Brown in Kemba, I guess, to then make his word carry more weight? You want to know what heat culture is? It's Udonis Haslam, who's been there for like 20 years. He's still playing. He's not literally playing. He's on the active roster, but like, I think Eric Spolch is a damn good coach, but like, the Celtics don't have a 13, 14, 15 year veteran yeah, that's a good, like, that's a good like Udonis that's going to hold these players accountable. Because, like, coaches can only do so much to hold players accountable, but players have to hold players accountable. And if you don't have that happening, which doesn't seem like it is with this team, especially mm-hmm. with Marcus Smart shooting all these damn shots in the fourth quarter in crunch time and not your best players, mm-hmm. someone's got to speak up. And, like, you saw Udonis has some. He was grilling the Heat, I think, in game five when they were losing at some point. They didn't end up coming back, but it's like I don't think I've ever seen that out of a Celtics player this entire year. Literally take over a huddle and just, like, berate their teammates out of what they saw. Like, it's, no one on this team is going to do that. That I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good point, Ty. And, yeah, I, the Celtics don't have that. Not mid-game. Um, I, and I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty powerful when he did it. I also say, like, I, I saw a tweet from one of my uh, assistant coaches at St. Joe's. It was a really good point. Like, uh, I, what's, what's his last name? Who's the Who's the guy that they have on the uh, on the bench? The big, tall uh, dude from Portland. Is it Len- I Leonard? His first name. Yeah, I knew it was Leonard. I believe his first name. What was his first Myers name? Leonard. Myers. I was gonna say Miles. All right, that's a perfect example of like heat culture. That guy doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Play. Was a starter. He was starting, up, wasn't he? That dude stood up for the every single game I've watched that he play, whether the Celtics or not, and is literally yelling like he's like a defensive coordinator out there. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 powerful stuff. Like that's he could easily be a, a I call it an NG vampire, right? Just kind of <laughs> suck the life out of the team because he ain't playing, you know. Oh, boo me! But he's out there, man, and that that I mean that's pretty that was pretty awesome and yeah that's kind of that culture uh, and and like ty's Are point you, is he, is he cutting out for you i want him he's still there go ahead go ahead matt you're yeah, good I, I i couldn't hear anything he was saying for like the last 15 yeah last like 15 20 seconds oh, we lost you i i had him on that one but i i got i got your point all of it and uh, yeah with myers leonard i i've never i i every time i'm every time they go into a timeout and they pan over to the the heat bench it's like Hell, Leonard's not playing, but he is—he is into it. He is like amped up. He looks like he's ready to go out there and smash some heads or something to that end. By the way, Udonis Haslam over the last four years, 
has played in 44 games. This year he played four games. That's it. Yeah, he's, like, he's pretty much like a player. He's like a player coach that doesn't play. It's good stuff. And, and you know, like you, Tyson, you know, like, players that hold players accountable. I think that's a really important point. You know who had that role before him on those LeBron teams? Juwan Howard. Like he was the guy that was mm. doing the 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 accountability and basically what your fourth assistant coach. Like the Celtics never seemed to have that that old veteran to kind of like, like hey back they did back, it was PJ PJ Brown like back in the day James Posey uh, James Posey James they Posey. had a bu- they had a bunch of really good role that but that's I James think Posey. that's what makes teams really good and like you can say yeah Celtics are young but like you said Ty I think I think that's important they need to, they need to have veterans on the bench they need to have Maybe a veteran to start in line. They they need some veteran players in the in the locker room. I think Shemi Ojale is not cutting it. He can't he's no. move and on like, from I him. Think as much as I hate Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving did say that. Like he did make that of a point that they they, yep. they needed that. They, they need that that player coach type guy. Of teams that's what they have. The guy who steers the ship from the bench as a player. Oh, look at that, Matt. Give, that that is what we've come to. Matt giving Kyrie Irving credit for being right about something. That's that's where we are at the end of all this. Even in those ne- moments, I don't next week it'll be Daryl Morey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'd rather burn in hell. Oh, Jesus! Some fighting words. All right. So, is there anything else before we put a bow in this Celtics season? Oh, we got to put put okay. our predictions out there, but for the right, finals. Well, I would, before we do the predictions, I would say over under. Does the season start before January? No, sorry, before February next year. No, I think it starts in February. Right. I'm gonna go. You think it starts? I'm gonna in go. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go February as well. I think they're really okay. trying to get fans in the stands. And Ty, the answer that was gonna be my next question: Are there fans in the stands? No. Oh. I, can't, I can't say there will be. I I can't picture it. I mean, I I'm gonna say yes because that's the whole thing. They're holding. That's what they're holding out for. Is they want to have fans. Yeah. In the stands. But that would mean we have to have COVID under control, and who the hell knows where that's going to go. Hasn't everyone been saying you can't have, like, large gatherings at all in any sports events until, really, you have a vaccine? That's true. And I did see at one point they said – And we're not having a vaccine until, like, late quarter three, early quarter four next year. I saw someone – Readily readily available would be next late next year. Oh, that's – So you're going to have two full – the end of this season, the playoffs, an entire regular season, and possibly playoffs next year without any fans in the stands. Ugh. Unless they can somehow like find a way to play basketball outdoors and put it like on a naval carrier or something like that. I, I don't tell you what, I don't hate the bubble though. Like you, you just as much as the Lakers, oh, the, no, bubble, the bubble's coming back. Bubble's coming back. Trust me. No, I don't. But see, I don't. Don't trust can... me, but I think it is. <laughs> I see. I, I can't. Maybe for the playoffs, I just don't think you can do it for a regular season. I just think. Guys could not last in that bubble for a whole season. No, I mean, look what happened. Look what happened with Major League Baseball, like the Cleveland Indians, especially. You had, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on that guy. It was Clevenger and another pitcher on that team who actually Zach played. Zach Plezak. Yes, I think he was. Yeah. Uh, I, oh God, he played. Whatever. But but him and Plezak, you have Plezak. I don't think it came back up to the big leagues because of what happened. Because players on the organization were pissed at him, and then Clevenger gets shipped out. Clevenger, who's a freaking stud, gets shipped out to San Diego. I mean, like you think, that, and then we saw what was it, Lou Williams, Daniel House. That's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we, those are the ones that we've heard about, but there's definitely there would definitely be more. You're absolutely right. Like if they, if it's a regular season bubble, but for the postseason, I love it because it's unpredictable. We saw this Miami Heat run probably doesn't happen. No, in, it doesn't. No I, I bet I bet it'd be totally different with home, and it's just how the nature of the game, efficiency, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but. Absolutely. So while while it would never happen, that should not be an excuse for Celtics fans to be like, oh, well, it was the bubble season, so that's the reason they didn't make it. Like, no, like your team thoroughly got their ass beat. This was their best chance. Yes, this is a great chance. This is a great chance for them to get it. Especially when you see the Bucs get knocked off. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. we've we've beaten that horse dead and good. Yeah. So, So one last question Are they the second best team in the East or the third? I know they got uh, it, second place technically in the East, but can you, you say they're a better team than Milwaukee? This are you talking about yeah. this year or going? Are you talking about going into next year? The twenty twenty season. Is it fair to say the Celtics finished in second place? Like, are they the second best team in the East? 
No, I don't think so. They'll finish in third. They'll finish in third place next year. It'll be the it'll be the, the no, net. no this this year we just saw like oh, this year we just saw. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I yeah, I still no, I still take them. This like they, they wouldn't they wouldn't beat the Bucks in the series. I don't know, dude. The Bucks the Bucks didn't they lost uh, what I five to the, the I think they would because because of, because of matchups. I think we and I think you were proved right in the end, Matt, that they were overrated. I think the Bucks are overrated. I think the Celtics are also overrated I, as well. I, I called that one. You did call that, that one. You did. That is yeah. true. So prediction time. Who wants to start us off with uh, Lakers Heat? As if anybody's picking a different you know team. Do you, want, do you want my my heart prediction or do you want my brain prediction? I want both. I'd say in my heart, I go Miami in six because I I need it. I need Miami to beat LeBron. Be amazing. Oh, amazing. for the love of God, if it happened, it'd be the best day ever. Oh, it'd be my amazing. brain. Lakers and Lakers and five. <laughs> yep, Lakers and five as well. It's inevitable. Yeah. The the NBA wants it. It's inevitable. So badly. They. I mean, come on. You have the like it's the the bubble year. LeBron's wanted to play the entire time. He's the the biggest name in the league. And, you know, he didn't get his MVP. Now you stacked that on all of it. And then it's the, you know, Kobe passed away this year. So, I mean, like you, you, the Lakers, they got to win it. So, and LeBron's the one that powers his team through and all that. I'm sure you're right in the same boat with us, Ty. Uh, yeah, I'll go Lakers in six. I would love to see a, a sweep by Miami. It would be the best. I'd pay oh, large amounts oh. of money to see that happen. And just right, see we'll, Nick Ty, Wright we'll, we'll and the, LeBron we'll to, have we'll to address that. We'll we'll get a couple of adult beverages if that happens. Oh my god! So I hope that happens. Realistically, I think the Lakers have too many rim protectors and they're too big to match up with the Heat. I think the Heat have to go like on an insane shooting streak to just win. You know, two three games in the series to make it six or seven. So I'll go Lakers in six. But if they can just. I don't know how Bam Adebayo scores against Anthony Davis. Like this could be a sweep. Honestly, this could be a four or five game series. Like Bam was great against Tice and Robert Williams and smaller Celtics, but like, how is he going to do against JaVale, Dwight and Anthony Davis? Now I, I think a five game, I think it's a gentleman's sweep just because the heat will respond one day in one of the, after one of the losses and, you know, get a little magic three point shooting, but I can't see them. There's, there's a matter of matchups along with the narrative that I just don't think that the Heat will be able to overcome this. And LeBron's been here before too. That's the other thing in all this. It's not you're not dealing with, you know, the Celtics who just mentally or whatever can't power through. They're not tough enough. Like for all the shit we give LeBron, like he has the experience. So it's a I think it's a foregone conclusion. The Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions. So there you go. Fuck. <sighs> all right. So as we as we put Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was a good end to the show. Can you imagine how insufferable Nick Wright and Skip, not even uh, Skip Bayless, he's a LeBron hater, but just all no, LeBron fans guy. are going to be forever. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Sharp loves LeBron. Those Shoot guys and just LeBron fans in general are going to be insufferable if they win a the title. I cannot, I don't even want to think about it right now. It's just disgusting. I, I just. Uh. <laughs> Uh, like you said, Ty, fuck. <laughs> what an ending to the show. Yeah. All right. I mean, do you guys got anything else to add before? I don't think we should add anything else. Now my <laughs> no. night. Now, now it ruined my night. 2020. Can't wait till it's over. Yes. yes for real. All right. So um, we'll be doing stuff randomly here and there throughout the offseason. We'll be sure to let you guys know on Twitter at 5OutPod. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, too. Um, we're not certain on like we, we have not talked at all about what we plan on doing, but we'll be letting you guys know periodically. So make sure you're following us on social media so that way you know what's going on and we will keep you posted then. Um, until NBA then, drafts a month and a half away. This is very true. When, they, unless it gets pushed back again, they have three, they have three first rounders. And what is Danny going to do with them? We will be talking about that you for sure. Think. And we will be, and if there are trades or anything like that, we'll be talking about it. But like I said, we will be updating you guys along the way because the NBA season never fully ends. But 
Um, again, make sure you're following us on social media to let you when we'll let you know going forward. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, so you get the episodes right away as we record them in case you don't follow us on social media. Uh, guys, this has been a fun but frustrating season. And, uh, it's been a long one. It's been a f- <laughs> <laughs> We started this. Matt and I started the show in what was it, July of last year. Yep. Ty hopped on board with us, and then our first season of Five Out lasted longer than a year. I would not have seen that. Oh, yeah. Crazy. <sighs> well, let's go, Romeo. Romeo Langford, year two oh, bump. Boy. Let's go. Oh, jump. I think it's going to happen. I mean, this is a good point to end the show right now. <laughs> what it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.